really what I'm doing is I'm helping you get into your theta state and I'm helping you visualize the life you want. So a life by design rather than a life by default. Welcome to Teach Me Something New. I'm your host, Britt Morin, and this is a production of iHeartRadio and Brit Co. All my life, everyone's told me I should focus on being good at one thing. But the truth is, I'm curious about a lot of things. But how do you learn about everything? The answer? Make the world's best experts teach you in less than an hour. So come along with me as we all learn something new. In popular culture, when we think of hypnotists, we usually think of someone swinging a pocket watch before a patient's eyes saying, you're getting very sleepy. But what does a real hypnotherapist actually do? And what can we expect from a session with one? Well, this week I had my first ever hypnosis experience with one of the nation's top hypnotherapists, Grace Smith. And I was so mind blown about the experience you guys, I literally went into like a Lisa Frank colorful rainbow world that I had to bring her on the show to tell you guys all about it. Grace is here today to talk about what hypnosis really is, why it's such a taboo topic, and how it can be transformative for reducing stress and healing trauma, addiction, and so much more. Welcome to the show, Grace. Thank you so much for having me. This is our second Zoom of the week. We literally did this over Zoom, you guys. We did hypnotherapy. So it is possible. You don't even have to be like laying down on a couch. <laughs> is that right, Grace? Exactly. Are you a Zoom hypnotherapist or do you do real life therapy too? I am. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. So when I first started out, I had an office in Union Square in New York City and everybody would always show up, you know, at least a handful of minutes late because the subways weren't working or there were just so many traffic jams or their meetings ran over. And so they would show up so stressed out oh. and we'd have this amazing, glorious session. They'd leave so relaxed and they'd go right back out into the chaos, straight back out into the mess, right? And so then early on, I had a couple clients show up when they were either traveling or if they had like a little cold and they didn't want to come in over Skype and they showed up so much more relaxed. And then when they were done with our session, they went and journaled or they took a bubble bath or they went to bed. And so the effects of the hypnotherapy actually were that much more because they were in what's called the theta state longer, which we'll talk about later. And so I said, well, forget paying New York City rent. And I actually went completely online years and years and years ago far before the pandemic. So we were just already set up and ready to address the needs of folks all over the world when it hit. And yeah, we've been doing it this way for a long time. I love it. And I bet your business actually even blew up even more last year because everyone was like, it did. okay with doing stuff like this. I've actually never met one of my therapists in real life. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea how tall you are or how big your feet are. You know, I feel like those are the first two things people recognize. Anyway, how did you get excited about hypnotherapy in general? Were you hypnotized when you were younger? No, no. I absolutely did not have dreams of growing up to be a hypnotist when I was a little girl. <laughs> so early on in my career, I was working in corporate America. I had a very stressful gig. I was running the New York City office of a Silicon Valley startup. And I had huge big quotas to meet and no healthy coping mechanisms to deal with the stress. So my way of doing that was partying really hard. I worked really hard and I partied really hard. And I was lucky enough that it got out of control pretty early on, which was awesome. And I got sober at 24. Wow. So six 
months into my sobriety, I was still living in the Lower East Side of New York City. Wasn't partying at all anymore, even though that had been such a huge part of my identity. But I was still smoking cigarettes, which I hated. I didn't like them. They weren't a part of my identity as far as I was concerned. And yet I wasn't able to stop. And so someone recommended hypnosis and I begrudgingly went to check it out because cold turkey and the patches and the gum didn't work. And when I say begrudgingly, what I mean is I had only ever seen stage hypnotists doing their silly antics, right? I didn't really believe that it was something I could use to change my life. But I went because the process of getting sober humbled me so much. And I realized very clearly I didn't have all of the answers. Mm. And so I was willing enough to try something, even if I didn't believe it would work for me. So one session in, quit smoking. It was the most relaxing, fascinating experience I'd ever had. And immediately my human rights, like flare went off, human rights issue flare went off and said, why does anybody have emphysema? Why does anybody have lung cancer? Why are people smoking who don't want to smoke? And why was the one thing I didn't think would work the only thing that did? Hmm. Why do we think this is swinging watches and clucking chickens and mind control when it's exactly the opposite? It's the most empowering thing I've ever done. So then I used it to overcome a chronic fear of public speaking. I now speak for a living. So obviously that worked. (laughs) That took 10 sessions. And that's when I decided to get a certification. Wow. Okay. That's an amazing story. And I've heard of similar stories. So, you know, I come into this and I came into our session earlier this week, like not a hundred percent skeptical, but I know a lot of people are. So maybe you can walk us through like, what is hypnosis and what is a hypnotherapist? Is it the same thing? Is it different things? And why would someone want to go see a hypnotist or a hypnotherapist? So what it actually is, is meditation with a goal. So there are different stages that we experience all day long, all throughout our lives, different brainwave states. So right now, Britt and I are in what's called the beta brainwave state. That's normal waking consciousness. So if we were to put sensors on our head and look at an EEG machine, the waves being produced would look really close together and very spiky and very fast. That's beta brainwave, and that's where fight, flight, freeze, survival mode, all the stress happens. Then if we were to stop for a moment, look out the window, get a little bit more relaxed, or when you're in the shower and you get that light bulb moment, that's called the alpha brainwave state, and that's daydreaming. So when we're just slightly more relaxed, we allow our intuition to come to us even more, which is why we can have those light bulb moments. It just takes a little bit of relaxation. And if you're doing something rote, like washing your hair, that requires absolutely zero intellect to be able to accomplish it, then your conscious mind can go offline and your intuition and your inspiration can come online. Then there's delta way at the bottom where those brainwaves are barely moving at all, and that's sleep. So when we're deep in sleep, we're not consciously aware of anything, right? We're not like, I am in my bed. I am aware of my surroundings. We are just asleep. So you're offline completely, and obviously your subconscious is wide awake and alert during the REM cycle when you're dreaming. Then there's this magical place called the theta brainwave state, which is deeper than daydreaming, but more conscious and alert than sleep. So the movies make hypnosis look like you're blacked out, like someone is controlling your mind, and like there will be amnesia and you forget everything, which is not at all the case. You are aware of your surroundings. You are conscious. 
but you are deeper than daydreaming. You are in this deep, lovely state of meditation. And because of that, all the fight, flight, freeze, survival mechanisms get turned off. You feel totally, completely safe and wonderfully relaxed. Now, I was talking about that rote mechanism, right? When you're washing your hair, it doesn't take any intellectual energy to make it happen. So for everybody listening, imagine when you learned how to drive, if you ever did, or if you're teaching your teenage kid how to drive now. It's a lot of energy for the brain to figure it out. I mean, we're white knuckling it, trying to look in the rearview mirror, trying to look in the side mirror, figuring out how to merge, right? And then just a few weeks in, you've got one hand on the steering wheel and you're singing along with your favorite song and you know where to go. That's because it's become rote. So when we're in beta and we're trying to learn something new, like we're trying to learn a new language or we're trying to overcome a traumatic response to stress and be more calm and present in the moment, even when our boss says something we don't like, when we are attempting to better ourselves, it is incredibly energetically expensive to learn something new, even if it's really good for you, sometimes specifically if it's really good for you. And we don't have very much surplus energy available to us when we're stressed out. And everybody's more stressed than ever. So when you are in theta, you have the surplus energy required to create new neurological pathways in the brain very quickly. And so a study found that 600 sessions of regular talk therapy, which is awesome and great, and takes place in the beta brainwave state, takes place in normal waking consciousness. So 600 sessions of talk therapy resulted in an average of 38% improvement. So that's about 10 years of therapy for 38% improvement on one topic. The same study found six sessions of hypnotherapy resulted in an average of 93% improvement. Wow. That's insane. I know. Oh my God. (laughs) And that's why you're able to like quit smoking after one session, right? Yes. So one was an outlier. You know, it does take about an average of six sessions to see that 93% improvement. And again, it took me about 10 sessions to overcome the fear of public speaking. So the average of the two is right around the six, right? So yeah, I wouldn't say that, you know, you should expect to change your life completely in one session. It is a process of conditioning, but on a per topic basis, you can expect to make huge amounts of improvement in half a dozen sessions. It's unbelievably rapid because you're doing it from the theta state. Mm -hmm. So to answer your other question, the difference between what's a hypnotist, what's a hypnotherapist, it's a great question and it's confusing. There is not a whole lot of regulation in this field yet. And that's one of the pitfalls but it's also one of the opportunities. An opportunity in the sense that if you wanted to become a hypnotherapist now, you could do so by going to my certification school for three months as opposed to getting a PhD for seven years, right? So there's some really nice things when things are still being regulated opportunities for you to get into the field and to make it better. But one of the downsides is you don't know if who you're working with is great or not, unless you know to ask the right questions, right? And so there are some schools that people can go to that are literally a day or two long. It's a weekend. Mm. It's ridiculous Mm -hmm. versus the industry standard of at least 250 hours, which is our school. So a hypnotist technically is someone who goes up on stage and does a silly stage show antic. And I can explain soon Mm. what they're doing, why they're doing it, why it looks like mind control. And it's absolutely not versus a hypnotherapist is someone who's helping you more therapeutically. However, there are certain 
certain states that don't allow you to call yourself a hypnotherapist unless you're also a licensed mental health practitioner, mm-hmm. which in some ways it's kind of like requiring an acupuncturist to also be a chiropractor. Like mm-hmm. we're not supposed to be the same thing. We serve a different purpose. Right. And so some other terms that we use sometimes in like corporate settings are a visualization coach or a mental fitness coach. Really what I'm doing is I'm helping you get into your theta state and I'm helping you visualize the life you want. So a life by design rather than a life by default. And that's all it is. We don't, mm-hmm. you know, diagnose. We don't obviously prescribe medication. We're very different from what a psychologist or a psychiatrist would do. And yet it's incredibly effective in helping you improve your life. Wow, that's so interesting. And I can attest to this. And we're going to actually take everyone through a little mini exercise at the end of this episode. So stay tuned for that. But I did this two days ago and I was so surprised at how quickly I think I got into that theta state. And I literally could feel the part of my head in my brain lighting up. Mm. I've never been able to really, I guess when I have a headache, I can feel my head in my brain, but never when I'm just like consciously relaxing, do I feel energy like in different regions of my head. Yes. So does the theta state exist somewhere or which part of the brain is actually like activated when I'm in this hypnosis state? That's such a great question. I've never been asked before. I love that you're asking this. So another study found, there's been a lot actually of these with athletes, but one in particular studied basketball athletes and they had them just shoot like from the free throw line. And then they had them visualize that they were going to do that. And then they had them do it in hypnosis and then make the shots. And the one with hypnosis was like a 70% improvement over the others. And so what they found out is that the part of your brain that's being used when you're in the theta state, so when you're just visualizing, but you're still in beta, you're still in waking consciousness, the part of your brain that lights up is the part that imagines things. But when you're in theta and you imagine doing something like your sport or cooking or not yelling at your husband when he triggers you and things like that, um, it's the part of your brain that lights up is the part that actually does those things in actual reality. Mm. So that's why the athletes saw such tremendous improvement so quickly, because even though they weren't putting any physical duress on their body, their brain thought that they were still doing the drill just as much as everybody else. Mm. So it's different. When you are in theta, you are actually strengthening the parts of your brain as if you were physically doing it in reality. Is that where the back of the bottom of the head is? (laughs) Because I literally was like feeling such strong, like pulsation down deep there. So what we find is it's not just one part of the brain that lights up with hypnotherapy. It's all over the place. And so you and I were working on essentially decreasing fear and apprehension about the future. I call it creating a neural precedent. So when you walk through succeeding at something before you've done it in physical reality, then your brain feels like it's already done it. So then when you have Mm. to face it in physical reality, it's far less scary and you actually have greater aptitude because as far as your brain is concerned, you've done this before. So we had you walk through all of these various scenarios of, you know, how the world could be in the future and how you'll show up to solve problems and how you'll still be joyful and happy doing all of this. And so the part of your brain that lit up was the part that imagines the future and imagines you kicking butt regardless of what happens. Yeah. And we're going to go into that because it was a really fascinating experience. (laughs)
Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You've said so many different use cases for this, right? Like, okay, quitting smoking, being a better basketball player, predicting future trauma and showing up for it. Like, what are the primary use cases that your clients come to you for? So because hypnotherapy is the most effective way to access your subconscious mind, anything that's stored in your subconscious mind can be improved with hypnotherapy. So what does your subconscious mind store? All of your habits all of your beliefs, all of your emotional responses, and all of your long-term and short-term memory. So all of your habits is nail-biting, what you eat, are you sleeping? It's literally every single habit. Anything you want to break, anything you want to make. Emotional responses are when your toddler is screaming and screaming and screaming, choosing a response to that that is of your design rather than default, which is probably what was modeled for you by your own parents, right? Mm -hmm. An emotional response to haters online or trolls, an emotional response to difficult medical news. Any emotional response is stored in the subconscious and can be improved by hypnotherapy. All long-term and short-term memory. So if there's anything in childhood, obviously we've all got plenty, that we perceived as being traumatic at the time. We don't have to view it as something that's traumatic now as an adult. As long as it was traumatic to us when we were six, that's how it was stored in the body. We can go back and reframe it. So the use cases are quite endless, but I'd love to tell you the one that was most profound for me when I first got started. So I had just been a part-time hypnotherapist for three months, even though I loved this tool. And with every person I helped, I was more and more convinced that this was a human rights issue and people were suffering needlessly because they didn't know how to access their subconscious mind. Mm. They didn't even know that they could upgrade this essentially ancestral trauma that had been passed down to them through generations, right? So if their great-great-grandmother had anxiety, they had anxiety. And it's like, we don't actually have to live this way. And not only that, we can break the cycle for our children. So I was getting more and more inspired, but I had worked so hard to get where I was in corporate America and hypnosis was considered so weird. And my job was so cool that bridging that gap of like leaving that space to do this, I just, I just couldn't do it yet. But then one day I was asked to help a man named Alex and he was a United Nations peacekeeping officer in Syria. So he was one of the blue berets that you see on television. Mm -hmm. He was at the peak of his military career when his UN convoy was crossing the city of Damascus. His UN convoy was stopped. He looked out the window and there was a bazooka pointed straight at him. Wow. So in that moment, he blacked out. He woke up 10 days later at a hospital in Lebanon to find that he was now paralyzed on the left-hand side mm -hmm. of his body. Mm 
So this incredible warrior, this man who had accomplished physical feats that most human beings could never even imagine, mm-hmm. you know, going through these tests and these trainings that these warriors have to, couldn't move a muscle. And so he became very, very depressed very quickly, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. So about four months later, he was flown to New York City to the Rusk Institute, which is a world-renowned rehabilitation center. And I was asked, do you think you can help this man with his depression, with his all-encompassing depression? And the truthful answer was, I don't know. I've been helping people overcome their fear of flying and prepare for their board meetings and heal their relationships. I have no idea if I can help. So I go into this unbelievable center with the fluorescent lights and the white lab coats. And here I am really this like corporate woman who's got this new tool in my back pocket, hoping I can make a difference, but not sure that I can. So when I get into the room, Alex is completely despondent. He can barely look me in the eye. And I said, okay, we're going to do something you've never done before. You're going to close your eyes. I'm going to help you relax. And we'll see if we can help you feel happier. See if we can help you find some of that old joy that you used to be able to experience. And you could tell he did not think anything was going to happen. So he closed his eyes. We start the session. And halfway through, I get this thought in my head that said, he's military, be militant. Mm. So this is not at all what they teach you, right? In hypnotherapy yeah. training school to sound militant. So I start getting quite animated. And I said, Alex, I want you to imagine you're flying over a city at night in a helicopter. I knew he had done over a thousand helicopter jumps throughout his career. So you're in a helicopter, you're flying over a city at night. It's a topographical map of the city. So you can see where the lights are on. You can see where the electricity is working and you can see where there's a blackout, where the electricity has stopped working. Fly to the blackout and let me know once you're there. And he nodded once he got there. I said, when I count down from three to one and snap my fingers, there's going to be an explosion where that blackout once was. Three, two, one. And now the electricity from that explosion travels down the left-hand side of your face, travels down your neck, travels through your left arm, travels through your left hand, travels out your left finger. And I hadn't even finished the word, and he was voluntarily moving his <clears throat> left finger. No. So his eyes oh my goodness. pop open, and he looks at me, and he just says, what do I do now? And I burst into hysterical tears. Oh my God. (laughs) And then you're like, I'm out of corporate America. I am all in. I put in my two weeks notice that day. Wow. (laughs) Yep. Launched my business the next week with a living social, which is like a Groupon, sold 954 sessions in 24 hours, did a thousand sessions my first year. And that was almost 10 years ago. But the best part of that story by far is I ended up marrying Alex's son. (gasps) Oh, there you go. Say Alex. <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. Fine. His son still counts. His, his son, son still his counts. Son. So that's how I met the what? man who would become my father-in-law. Oh my god! That's the best story ever. So obviously, wow. From that day on, that's it. It's over. Such a believer. I mean, anyone would be. And this is what I was going to ask you next. Like, I had a friend in high school who was a competitive diver. And apparently when you're a diver as a woman, it's not great to be on your period. Mm. I don't really know how your period impacts your diving, but she would go to a hypnotherapist to literally train her body to not be on her period during the times she needed to be diving. Wow. It's amazing. And then I've also heard about my husband actually sometimes deals with like ulcerative colitis and digestive issues. And he was actually talking to a new company yesterday that 
he's in the investor world about IBS. And one of the main things they said is such a great cure for IBS is hypnotherapy. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Can you really do hypnotherapy to change the way your body responds to these types of chronic illnesses, to menstruation? What about fertility for women that might be having problems getting pregnant? So, Oh, it's amazing for fertility. What is happening there in the brain-body connection when you undergo that? I wouldn't say that we could guarantee, let's say, for example, someone came to me and they said, you know, I've been paralyzed for 10 years, let's do hypnosis. And in one session, I'll be able to walk again, right? That would be mm-hmm. a completely outlandish claim to be able to make, right? Alex had only been paralyzed for less than four months. And there's been documentation of things like this outside of just my session with him, which basically shows mirror neurons in the same area being activated through the visualization that then came on and started being utilized that weren't being utilized before. So the damaged part of the brain remained damaged, but enough mirror neurons were able to light up that he was able to now walk without a cane. He still has limited Mm. range of motion in his left hand, but he can hold things and he can drive and things like that. Well, each one of these cases, there's a little bit different scenario of what's going on in the background, but fertility is so huge because it's estimated that up to 80% of infertility diagnosis is actually just stress-based. There is 20% where there's can be a whole lot more going on, but yeah, up to 80% is a result of stress because you can imagine if the body's in that high cortisol pumping, fight, flight, freeze, stress mode, it's sending this message of this is not a great time to have a kid. Like I'm -hmm. I'm about to get pounced on by a tiger at every single instant. Mm -hmm. And Obviously, that's not what's happening, but that's how our body is reacting to these high stress levels. And especially if there has been a lot of loss previously, you know, if there were miscarriages or even Mm. guilt about a previous termination, even if it's not conscious guilt, but if they were raised to believe certain things and so there's subconscious guilt, then there can be all these subconscious stories about I'm not worthy and deserving or it's just going to result in more pain. Mm. And so when you can you know, heal at that deep level and introduce a different narrative at the theta state, becoming pregnant happens much more quickly. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's just so many incredible things that I've seen happen with the athletes that I work with. There's so much that you can control. And, you know, just think, for example, like if someone had to give a speech and they hate public speaking, right? And you feel like you're going to throw up or you feel like you have to run to the bathroom because that nervousness in your stomach, you're just afraid to give the speech, but all of a sudden you feel like you're going to have diarrhea. That's a brain-body connection. So yeah. If you can train yourself to feel confident and calm about going on to stage and speaking, and you're not going to have that physical body response of feeling sick, it's a very similar thing. You're just going a little bit in reverse for IBS. And studies have found anywhere from 75 to 89% efficacy with IBS patients across the board, regardless of what they believe. Because hypnosis doesn't require a belief system. It's just a scientifically proven fact that when you're in theta, your brain creates connections rapidly. Yeah. And you're not taking drugs. It's so safe to try this Yes, and get these amazing responses. What about things like weight loss or even more extreme things like cancer, which I would put on the spectrum of like paralyzation? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So when it comes to, let's say, 
using hypnosis to help cancer go into remission or decreasing the size of tumors, again, I would say we can't make any blanket claims there. And it would be very unfair to the patient or to the client to get someone's hopes up in that regard. But in the same way that I went into that session with Alex saying, we're just going to work on you feeling happier. And then he broke through his paralysis. Mm. There's absolutely no harm in going into theta and visualizing the decreasing size of a tumor, right? Or the slowing of the growth of cells. So that's one thing. But hypnotherapy is amazing for the side effects of chemotherapy, reducing the Mm. nausea, reducing the physical pain. One study found that women with metastatic breast cancer, in the first part of the study, it decreased pain by at least 50% for those in the control group doing the hypnotherapy. But even more fascinating was in a 10-year follow-up of that study, the survival rate was 50% higher for the people who had done the hypnotherapy. Wow. And how long do you need to do this? Six sessions is what you're saying? Or do you see some people doing this just ongoing? Well, it's six sessions per topic and that's more habit-based. That's more like okay. if you want to overcome fear of flying, a good average would be six sessions because really... That's also an emotional response, but it's become habitual to fear flying, right? So you're kind of breaking down both. Mm -hmm. But I work with my VIP clients for a year at a time. When I designed my protocol and I said, you know, I'm so busy running this Inc. 5000 fastest growing company and we've got so many students and so many employees and so many customers, I can only work with 10 to 15 superstars every year. I want to make sure this program is such that at the end of the year, they are operating a completely different level of their existence. So what will that program Mm. look like? And so we meet every single week for a year. We have quarterly VIP days. And so there's always more that you can upgrade in the subconscious. There's never like an end date. But depending on, you know, your financial circumstances or, you know, if you've got an upcoming speech and you got to like get this done in order to feel great about it or an upcoming flight or anything like that. Yeah. Like I said, I quit smoking in one session. So the most important thing is that people just go, okay, it's not what Hollywood said it is. Just like most things that Hollywood says, right? Sure. It's, always. We're yeah. needing to <laughs> suspend our disbelief. But for some reason, this is the one thing that people just decided that the movies was somehow portraying accurately. They're not. And to just, you know, give it a test. We've got a brand new app. You can download the free version of the app and you can get it at getgrace.com forward slash Brit. We've got a special link for you here. And I'd say just test it out. Just notice how good it feels. And then to whatever degree your finances allow, You can either keep using the free version of the app or start working with one of the hypnotherapists on our team and keep going for as long as it's feasible for you. The more you do, the better, honestly. Mm. Okay, so we talked about this 60-second drop-in technique, which was one of the first exercises you did with me. And it totally worked, by the way. I came into the session... Grace asked me, what's your stress level? Like zero to 10. I said, five, like mediocre stress. and I did this thing for 60 seconds and went from a five to a three really quickly. So I asked her even during the session, I was like, can I do this like throughout the day? Like, especially when I'm going through big transitions, like going from work to home with my kids, because obviously like I'm putting on a new persona and I've got to be like super mom, but I was just like super CEO. And totally. (laughs) And she's like, yes, yes, yes. Use this all the times of the day when you're about to go through those portals. So I thought it would be helpful for everyone to learn how to do this. Maybe you can walk us through it. 
Absolutely. Yes. So if there's a place where people on social media or in the comments somewhere want to share their starting stress level, that's great. Or you can just note it for yourself. So zero is the most relaxed you can possibly be. And 10 is a full-blown panic attack. So everybody just notice their starting number. And Britt, what's yours now? Hmm. I've got like an interesting medical procedure I have to do today. So I'm kind of like a six today, actually. Starting at a six makes perfect sense. All right. So Mm -hmm. once everybody knows their starting number, go ahead and close your eyes. Take a nice deep letting go breath. And think a color you love to yourself. And now imagine that color you love flowing in through the top of your head all the way through your body, out the bottoms of your feet, down into the center of the earth, that color relaxing you, that color releasing you, that color taking you all the way down. You realize now your eyelids are wonderfully deeply relaxed. Your eyelids are so wonderfully deeply relaxed, they just want to stay closed. No matter how hard you try to open them, they just want to stay closed. And when you're absolutely certain they just want to relax and stay closed, you'll think that color you love. As you imagine that color flowing in through the top of your head, all the way through your body, out the bottoms of your feet, down into the center of the earth, repeating in your mind after me, doubling your relaxation with each and every single decreasing number. Three, I'm relaxing more and more. Two, I'm relaxing more and more. One, I'm relaxing more and more. Think that color you love as it flows in through the top of your head, all the way through your body, out the bottoms of your feet, down into the center of the earth, and repeating in your mind after me, I am safe, I am calm, I choose to be here. Good, we'll do that twice more. Take a nice deep letting go breath. I am safe. I am calm. I choose to be here. One more nice deep letting go breath. I am safe. I am calm. I choose to be here. Think about something really cute or sweet, whether it's a little kitten or a little baby or something that makes you really smile. Just imagine that for a moment. And then notice your new number on the scale. Remember, zero is the most relaxed you can possibly be. And Britt, what's your new number? I think I'm at a three. Perfect. And opening your eyes when you're ready.
Excellent. So in just a minute or two, cutting your stress by 50%. Yeah. And literally, I feel the same part of my head again. So I don't know what it is. Maybe, I don't know. Also, your voice is just amazing. Thank you. <laughs> you can only be a hypnotherapist if you have like the most calming, <laughs> nice sounding voice. <laughs> I don't know that I could do it. It gets better over time when you practice as a hypnotherapist. I'm sure. I don't think I started this way. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I can understand that. It's amazing because you guys, if you're listening and you just did that, I hope you felt like your number go down just like I did. And then what Grace did to me was this like 20 or 30 minute session after that, where mm-hmm. she asked me like, what's a problem in your life or something you want to solve? And I said, "Ugh, this is maybe too like macro, but I feel like the world is on fire right now. We've got COVID, we've got global warming, we've got nuclear threats, we've got everyone raging at each other for every different political issue. Like, how do I show up for this? What's my place in this? And we went through the session and you can tell me in a second, Grace, like maybe what was different about that or if that's a normal session. But she asked me to visualize like the world I go to when I want to feel safe. And one might think like, okay, I'll go to a beach or I'll go to like a park or like some, I went into the clouds and they were pink clouds and there were rainbows everywhere. And there was a magical castle and there was unicorns. And I was like literally a nine-year-old girl in a Lisa Frank TV show. Totally. <laughs> if anyone knows Lisa Frank. And I loved it. And I was eating cherries and it was so wonderful. And I also noticed how I was by myself and not with other people because I think for me, feeling safe and comforted is like being alone. I am like a solo retreater person. And I think especially as a mom and a CEO and a wife, like I just don't want anyone to have an expectation of me. I just want to go away by myself somewhere. Anyways, it was a beautiful experience. Is that a normal type of experience? I'm sure everyone has a different experience, but you know. To go into the clouds somewhere? Yeah. The best thing about my job is you never get the same session twice, ever, 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 ever. And so, yeah, it's amazing how many people are alone, right? Even extroverts in their safe place, they're alone. And you nailed it. It's a place where we don't have any expectation. Nobody needs anything from us, right? We can just be ourselves and be relaxed and not be giving or being judged, or we can just be alone for a second. And again, because you're in theta, as far as your brain is concerned, you are. And so if we can't actually in physical reality, take two weeks off to ourselves because our kids need us and our business needs us and you know whatever. Maybe we wouldn't even want to be away for that long, mm-hmm. but we can go inside our mind and imagine that alone time. It does wonders for our system. But yeah, to answer your question, I get everything from people on their lovely, very normal sounding beach with white sandy you know, beaches and perfect turquoise water to being on completely different planets. <laughs> That's me. I, yeah. I I don't know why, you guys. It was amazing, though. The clouds were like cotton candy, and I was just like floating through them. It was great. So cool. (laughs) 
sessions are very different. I would say when I first started out, you know, and I was offering sessions on living social for 40 bucks, there was a whole lot of people coming to just quote unquote, like see if it'll work. Right. And then of course it does, but Mm -hmm. it only does if you want the result because it's not mind control, because I can't make anybody do anything they don't want to do. If people are just coming to be like, I don't really want to quit sugar, but it'd be good for me if I quit sugar. So like, make me quit sugar. You're a thousand percent not going to quit sugar. Mm. And so that's why like signing your spouse up for hypnotherapy to do something they don't want to do is a horrible waste of time and money. They will never, ever do it. Yeah. It has to be things that you really want. And so the more you want it, there is a positive correlation to how quickly you will get the results almost always. So I wanted nothing Mm. to do with smoking. I was over it, hated the smell, hated the cost, hated the everything. I quit in one session. As much as I kind of wanted to overcome my fear of public speaking, in order to do that, I'd have to speak in public, which I very much did not want to do. Hence the 10 sessions, right? Mm. And so whenever somebody says to me, like, there's an infinite number of things I can work on. I can work on waking up in the morning and going on a run, or I could work on something very meta like that, or I could work on healing my childhood. Like, where do I start? I always say a really great place to start is the thing that's causing you the greatest amount of acute suffering in your life currently, the thing that's causing you the most amount of pain, Mm -hmm. because you will have a very tremendous desire to overcome that. And so you will very quickly. Mm -hmm. And then you will have that precedent of success, which you can then apply to the next thing on your list. So make a list of all the things that are causing you pain in your life, rate them from one to 10, 10 is the most painful, put it in an Excel sheet and then just rank it from 10 down, right? And that's your list and that's where you start. You and I did something really fun. And I mean, fun because it's amazing that you can do that right? We had you visualize like a hundred different TVs where a hundred different outcomes of the world could happen because we don't know what's going to happen. And we just had you visualize crushing it in every one, feeling great, feeling happy and solving problems come what may. And what a cool thing to be able to do. And did you find that there was like a sense of lasting peace or confidence? It's only been two days, but what are you noticing when you think about the future now? Yeah. So basically Grace was like, okay, you're in your magical world, Brit, (laughs) with pink clouds (laughs) and a movie screen falls down and you're with your little girl self, little Brit, and you're watching the world play out, like all these different scenes of how the world could potentially play out. And I just felt myself rising to the occasion. Like I was Mm. global warming. I'm going to start a company that combats global warming, you know, like, or I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I think it really plays into my subconscious, like, go-getterness, overachiever self. But it did make me feel less scared and more brave. Like, okay, a lot of crazy stuff's going to happen in the world, especially like as I'm getting older, my kids are getting older. And I'm not just going to sit back and watch it on the movie screen. I'm going to like participate in this thing. And it was kind of cool because it was really like sort of manifesting where my future self is going to go and show up and what stuff matters to me and what doesn't. Yeah. And, you know, in addition to what we're actually facing day to day, the fear of the unknown weighs so heavily on our hearts and specifically on our subconscious. And so the reason why I brought little Brit forward, you at about the age of five years old, is because it's really our inner child who's most scared and most wants to be Mm. loved, most wants to be protected, most wants to be safe, but also wants to be valued. Mm -hmm. And so when we start getting nervous about things that don't even exist yet, being able to go into the subconscious and say, there you are solving global warming, it doesn't mean that now that's required of you or for some reason you'll feel like you fail if for some reason you decide to focus on universal health care instead or something or <laughs> child care that 
all it is, is it's saying to your subconscious, listen, I'm the type of person that when there's a challenge, I put on my superhero cape and I get to work and that's it. And what that did is it took all of the fear of the unknown off of your shoulders so you could get back to enjoying the present moment. So Mm -hmm. in hypnotherapy, whenever we go back and take a look at like a trauma that happened in the past, or, you know, again, it could be being picked on as a six-year-old on the playground to the six-year-old, it was traumatic. And so I use that word very broadly. But if we're going back to address that or reframe that, or we're visualizing a better outcome in the future, it's always, always, always in service of the present because that's where our life is really happening. And fear of the future and our anguish about the past robs us mm-hmm. of our lives. It robs us of the present moment. And that's what's so powerful about this is that you get to enjoy the here and now more by doing this work. Two questions. One, you mentioned like a six-year-old having trauma. My six-year-old had a really big trauma this year, had like a near-death experience. How young can you be to do hypnotherapy? And the second question, which sort of might attach to that, is like, can you do it together with somebody or like as a family? Yeah. Oh, that's so fun. Or do you have to be solo? So you can do hypnotherapy anytime. And again, hypnotherapy is really about getting into the theta. That's the only thing, right? Just once you're in theta, once you're in that deeply relaxed place where you feel safe, visualing what you want instead of what you don't want. That's basically it. And then the more skilled the practitioner that you're working with, the faster you're going to see results because they know how to navigate the subconscious incredibly well. But you're the one doing the healing work. Nobody's doing it for you. The hypnotherapist isn't doing anything to you. You're the one who told me there were pink clouds there, right? You were the one who saw how you were solving all the problems. Mm-hmm. I feel like an artist more than a therapist. Like I Mm -hmm. get to hold up a lantern and take you down into the subconscious. Like I visualize kind of this elevator. I hit the button. I know the codes to get down there. It opens up and I hold the lantern up and I kind of paint a description of what's possible over on the right side and paint a description of what's possible on the left side. But you're the one who fills in all the blanks. You're the one who chooses and you're the one who heals and upgrades. And so all Children basically operate in the theta brainwave state under the age of seven. Mm. Their alpha and beta brainwave states haven't really developed yet until about the age of eight. And so that's why they're so playful. That's why their imaginations run wild. It's also why they're these little sponges who pick up everything that we do. And you say Mm -hmm. something in the morning and then your kid's saying it in the (laughs) afternoon as if they've always said it, right? (laughs) Totally. My four-year-old son started saying, well, actually, like all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy, boy, I guess I do that a lot, you know. And so what's really fun is hypnotherapy for them. They don't have to close their eyes. They don't have to sit still. Mm. You basically do a few little things to help them relax a tiny bit. And then you tell them a wonderful story and you just reframe the traumatic experience so they can start right away. And I definitely recommend it. Not to say that they can't heal their stuff when they're adults, right? All the adults I'm working with are healing their childhood stuff now. So it's totally possible later. Obviously, But when you use your neural pathways, you strengthen them. And so if you can reframe a traumatic event right after it happens, then you never strengthen them and they never become a defining part of who you are. Mm-hmm. Cool. And what about doing it together? Like, would you recommend that? Or do you think it's always a solo thing? Well, I've worked with a lot of founder couples, couples who create businesses together. And so they've got all the personal stuff, but they've also got all the professional stuff. Mm -hmm. And we'll do a lot of individual sessions. And then we can also do sessions together, which are so powerful and great. 
Doing sessions as a family is a really cool concept. I really love that. I haven't done it with a whole family, but what I would recommend is individual Mm -hmm. sessions for everybody. And then maybe like a group, you know, family session where everybody gets to visualize like the happiest version of their family vacation or something, and then go around Mm -hmm. in a circle and share what everybody saw. Something Mm -hmm. like that with little gentle, subtle inputs of whatever the family's working on, right? For the kids, but the more you can keep it fun and playful. And the reason for that is most of what kids are going through they got from their parents, right? There's always outlier traumatic experience that happens at school or God forbid in cars or whatever else. But most of what they're getting honestly is from their parents, even though their parents love them to pieces, they're just modeling for them their own trauma that they didn't heal, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's really beautiful for a kid to have a safe place where they can say whatever they need to say, knowing that their parents aren't going to hear that. Mm -hmm. So if a child were going to work with me, I always say to their parents, I'm not going to tell you what happened in the session, right? If the child says that they're going to harm themselves or someone else, obviously that's, I'm going to tell you that. And the child knows that I'm going to tell you that. But other than that, there has to be a sacred safe place where they can express themselves. And then on the drive home, their mom's not going to go, why did you tell her that? Right. Right? Yeah, exactly. No matter what it is. You have to be trusted for sure. Yep. So I would say it would be amazing for the family, but I would definitely recommend the individual sessions for everybody. Yeah. Uh, Something on my heart that so heavily right now is the amount of eating disorders happening with teenage girls. And I'm like, oh my God, this would be perfect for them. And I mean, everyone has their own trauma, but that's one that I just can't believe the statistics on right now. It's so heartbreaking. And I will say, you know, I, I had a lot of parents bring me their teenage sons and this was a number of years ago when like addiction around video games is just starting to be understood, but it's Mm -hmm. heartbreaking because again, hypnosis doesn't work unless they want the result and they don't want to stop. So I have to say for certain things, especially teenagers who are in a rebellious state, they think they're invincible. They don't yet see the recourse of some of their actions and the parents are paying for the session. So they don't have the buy-in to see the result. I'd say teenagers, unfortunately, and heartbreakingly so, are the demographic with the least amount of progress. Mm. But if it's a kid who's hell-bent on going to Harvard and they want to improve their SAT scores, they are going to, hypnosis will change their whole life. Totally. But I do want to say that so that parents don't get their hopes up. It's still worth testing. It's absolutely worth testing, but it's not a guarantee because they do need to want the result. I understand that. And where would someone look to find a great hypnotherapist? How do you even judge what makes a good one? Yelp? <laughs> like, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, if you go to Yelp, then you have to ask about their credentials. You have to ask about where they went to school. You have to ask about the certification program through which they're registered and how many hours it was and how long ago they did it. Or you can just hire somebody from our app because they are all certified through the International Association of Counselors and Therapists. They operate all over the world and they went to my certification training school, which right now is the highest standards of any hypnotherapy certification school in existence. Cool. So The way you can do that, it's really awesome. We've had an older app that my husband built. We're a bootstrapped company and we didn't have the funds. So he made this lovely app that totally worked and had zero features because he's not an app developer. And then just this year, our brand new, beautiful app came out with every feature under the sun. So if you go to getgrace.com forward slash Brit, you'll download the app. And then with your thumb, you can upgrade and book a session with one of our hypnotherapists from anywhere in the world over Zoom straight from the app (gasps) for any topic in the world. 
We're going to end this with a quick lightning round if you're up for it. So I'm just blurt out the first thing that comes to mind. I feel like I'm hypnotizing you right now. Ready? <laughs> um, Ready. All right. What was the craziest hypnotherapy session you've ever been a part of? It was an attorney. She had undiagnosed chronic pain. It wasn't fibromyalgia. It wasn't all the regular things. We go into hypnosis session, regular hypnosis session. She finds herself on another planet where she had left her soul there because she wasn't sure she was going to like life on earth. And so I had to negotiate between this little old woman who she put in charge of her soul to get her soul back because her body was <gasps> breaking down. We got 80% of her soul back. I thought I'd never see this woman again. I thought I was going to get an insane Yelp review from this attorney being like, this woman's <laughs> off her rocker. Again, the sessions are client-led. I didn't take her there. And three months later, I got an email back from her saying, since the session, her chronic pain used to be at least an eight out of 10 every single day. It had never gone above a two cents. So cool. Yep. That's an interesting story. Your 80% of your soul was recovered. Okay. Lightning round, <laughs> lightning round. All right. <laughs> what are you reading right now? Oh, so many things. I'm actually rereading my favorite book from childhood, which is The Giver by Lois Lowry. <gasps> That's my favorite book from childhood. No, it's not. No. It's the thing I say on every answer when someone asks me my favorite book ever. No, I, I swear Ooh. I've never heard you say that. That's my favorite book of all times. I'm rereading it right Mine now. Mine too. <gasps> oh my God. Magical. Okay. Well, guys, if you're listening, two for two for The Giver by Lois Lowry. I read it in you fourth grade it. and I've never gone me back. Me too. Oh my yes, gosh. It changed my whole life. I Same. went to the librarian sobbing and she said, sometimes books will change the course of your life. And I think that just happened for you. And it totally did. Same. And I think there's some weird, awesome similarities between the role of the giver and a hypnotherapist. I agree. Which obviously I didn't realize till later in life. We're going to sidebar on that later. <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. What's your favorite way to practice self-care besides hypnotherapy? Okay. Honestly, it's being alone. It's a book and a bath and tea. The giver and a bath and tea. Exactly. <laughs> Your favorite thing to do when you're not working? Other than be with my family, which is a given, be with animals, any type of animals. And there's a chimpanzee rescue nearby and I'm obsessed. I'm just completely oh and utterly and totally obsessed. So just spending time with animals and specifically right now, chimps. <laughs> I'm so jealous. Okay. And the yeah. last thing, what is the one thing you'd say to a hypnosis skeptic? I would say... If it were mind control, then every single time a hypnotist went on television to tell you to buy something, you jump into your car and drive against your will to the store to buy it, right? And every huge multinational conglomerate would just hire a hypnotist to hypnotize everybody to do their will. When you start to think about it, it's absolutely insane that people would think that hypnosis is mind control, right? Because anybody who just wanted to be a billionaire would become a hypnotist and just hypnotize everybody to give you their money. So I would say it's not mind control but it is one of the most powerful ways to change your life forever for the good. And you've got nothing to lose by giving it a test. I love that. Speaking of a test, we like to leave our listeners with one project or assignment for the week. So what would you recommend they try this week? I'm guessing the little short exercise we just did. Absolutely. Go back, rewind, listen to that, or go to getgrace.com forward slash Brit, get the free version of the app and yes. listen to a recording that specifically addresses a challenge you've got in your life. Listen to it every day for seven days. So your life will never be the same. 
Yes. Give it a week. I love that. Grace, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you for my session. Of course. I'm such a converted believer now, and I'm totally going to be using this in lots of facets of my life. So thank you for what you do. It's really powerful. Well, our whole mission is to make hypnosis mainstream to end needless suffering. So being able to come and share this with your listeners is a dream come true. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And guys, again, getgrace.com is where you can find Grace and everything she's doing. And if you enjoyed our show today, make sure to share this episode with a friend, but also leave us a review. Let us know what you want to learn about next. And until then, we will see you guys next week. Goodbye, everyone. Thanks for listening to Teach Me Something New, a production of iHeartRadio and Brit Co. I'm your host, Britt Morin. Find more information about each episode at Brit.co slash listen. You can also find me on social media. I'm at Brit or follow us at Brit and Co. Teach Me Something New is executive produced by Allie Ives and Allie Perry with additional production and sound design by Mark Lemmerjazy and Aaron Peterson.